You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Making Waves Well, welcome to Making Waves. This is, uh, well, we're, we're heading into episode 78, so we're almost to 100. So, uh, listen, welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. My name is Justin, and along tonight is uh, my sidekick, Al McManus. Uh, Chad uh, is indisposed right now, so he can't make it tonight, but thank you for joining us. Remember, guys, Making Waves is part of the Evergreen and the Sound Talent Media family, so we appreciate you for joining us. Uh, tonight, our guest is, well, I don't want him to recoil when I say this, but he's a, a, actually a metal legend. Uh, certainly been around for a long time. He was there at the kind of the advent of the Bay Area thrash scene and is still going strong. Some almost 40 years later, I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, please, everyone, please welcome <laughs> Phil That's Demmel. Okay. Phil Demmel, everyone. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. There we go. The crowd goes wild. Well done, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. And Justin, thank you for that wonderful in- introduction for me personally. I appreciate it. And Justin for all. <laughs> and Justin it's for right. all. There we Damn go. it. How could I have never heard of that before? Is it? Yeah, have say, you ever heard I somebody say that, Justin? Uh, no, but I'm going to make a t-shirt. I own it. Oh, my and, God. Uh, Phil gets his 10%, of it's course, bro- off the top. I'm going to be editing this part of the... Co- <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'll edit this this whole conversation. So, Wow. Anyway, anyway, so, Phil, thank you again. We uh, we know right now you're in the midst of... Uh, you're on the road right now. You're you're playing with Overkill. Um doing one of yes. your uh you're doing a, a fill-in and helping the guys out and uh that must be just yeah one hell of a thing because overkill like many of the projects you've been have been there from the advent except from the other side except the other coast so um yeah obviously there's lots to cover with you uh, you know your bands your own bands you've been a part of and then some of the slot in work you're doing with some of your friends which is always amazing and we just recently had you on ship rocked uh Filling in for Willie Adler and Lamb of God, yes. and uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I mean, there were two moments before we go into it. There are two moments, and we'll probably bring those back up when we go to the um, go to the audience. Is the rain gig, <laughs> and it's been captured on video and film, and it's just one of those things where it's never happened to us before. We've had rain really? and we cancel the show, but you mm-hmm. guys plowed through it, and it was just like. <laughs> It was it was an amazing thing to be a part of it. A is to be actually run the cruise and have the cruise happen, regardless of all the situation we're dealing with. But to have that kind of moment, it really meant a lot to people, because it was kind of like the it was the ethos of just pushing through, and it kind of like solidified that. Yeah. And then, uh, and thankfully, our photographer Chris caught you doing it. We're going to get that photo here shortly. Is you 
going through the crowd in the into the hallways and then then down the stairs covering <laughs> with your guitar soaking wet and it yes, was just yes. one of those great like that is called woodshedding and yeoman's work right there yeah man just a dude just a dude this guitar you know it was absolutely it was magical it was we were we had to cut a couple of songs but we didn't want to just end and just you know, scatter away. Mark Morton was like, redneck, and then let's go, you know? So we made sure that Randy felt comfortable because he's the one holding the live yeah. mic, you know? And yeah. and so once we're, we're just, we're just going to motor through it. And that was the most wet I've ever been on stage before, for sure. It was just, it was just pissing on us. It was pissing on yeah. us, literally. And uh, it was magical, but it was tribal because it was tropical, you know, and, and people were warm and, you know, singing redneck of all songs, you know, this is a motherfucker. Everybody's singing it. And it was one of those moments out of Matrix, you know, the Matrix, one of the <laughs> crappy sequels, you know. Well, yeah, you mentioned Tribal. It does. It has that big, heavy groove. And it's just a it's a, mm -hmm. it's a song you dance to. It really is a dancing track. And I'm not talking mosh. And I mean, you can just move. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it is a groove for sure. So I think well, the, yeah, uh, as soon as as soon as we were done, I just I'm out. Uh, my yeah, my my tech, what I can't think of his name, Carlos, was just like, hey, give me a guitar. I'm like, nope, this is coming with me. You know, it's like I'm going right to my room, went right amongst everybody getting out of the rain, right to the cabin and dried it out. You know, it's funny that moment it, it was uh not to get too deep on that, but I think the reason you know, our, our sailing in 22 was uh, just in January here. It was, it was unlike any of the others that we've done. Um, I think it was number 11 for uh, 10 for me, uh, you know, as a, as an employee. And it was, um, it was, it was a lot to push through okay. for us with the cancellations and with COVID and with, you know, we had a lot of guests cancel and you right, know, so, right, right, so right. the people who, who were there really wanted to be there. I mean, really wanted to needed to be there. And I think that when y'all pulled that off and just kept, like Justin said, just kept plowing through, man, there was some kind of weird spiritual sense there that everyone was like, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> plowing through this. Just like we are plowed. We plowed through all the shit in our lives to get through, to get on this ship, to be here. So it was right, a right. really, really like, I would say, you know, there's a lot of special moments for us on ship rock over the years with bands and moments. I mean, that, that probably, you know, I might make people upset, but that was, that's probably number one moment, Shiprock moment that embodied a mo embodied a moment, but it embodied something bigger too. So, right, look, on, right good on. for you guys for the decision, and thank you so much for the memory on that. Yeah, it was, definitely, yeah, it was great, great to be part of it. Definitely a foxhole situation. Hey, <laughs> Phil, one of the things that's synonymous with you is your polka dot guitar. Are you a <laughs> are you a, you a fan of, or have you spoken to Buddy Guy before? No, that's not the reason. I, but I have met Buddy Guy. I was, uh, you're, you're, I think you're being funny, but. Uh, no, I, 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 I was always curious. I, I was like, you know, man. Yeah. No, it's all about Randy Rhodes in that sense. But, okay. Uh, but I did, I did meet Buddy Guy. I was, uh, Zach had invited me and my wife out to the, uh, the Jimi Hendrix experience tour that he did. And uh, Eric Johnson was there and, you know, all kinds of, awesome blues players were there and, and buddy guy was sitting right there, you know, and he introduced me to him real, you know, real quick and had his, had his polka dot guitar. So it was a pretty magical moment, but no, my polka dots are all about Randy Rhodes. Man. You know, it's I totally Randy. zoned on the whole Randy Rhodes thing. I did not, I think about Randy and that kind of off white Les Paul. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I, well, listen, uh, 
you have a new record out with the, one of the bands that got you into the scene, Violence. Uh, Let the world yep. burn, how apropos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, tell you what. Present company included. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, listening to that that record, it's, it's an EP of sorts, I, I guess you, you could call it that, but it just reminds yeah. me that, and I'm not trying to be anything other than just someone who's listening with my own ears and say, you don't, you haven't lost a step. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Thanks, it's, it, it reverts back to that classic thrash. I mean, thrash is an American in, invention like jazz is. And yeah, yeah. I, you know, and it, it just, I, I was, as, as you mentioned, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to be born in the Bay area when, it was all starting and getting to see Metallica and Exodus and, you know, Megadeth and seeing Slayer's first Northern California appearance, you know, back in the day and having that be our rite of passage to like writing music and become a part of this and see all these bigger and bigger and kind of paved the way for us. So it's, uh, yeah, to see the advent of this crazy energetic music and be a part of it at its outset. And here I am, you know, 40 years later, I had to go back to that and, and kind of not reincarnate, but just kind of go back to my roots and, and remember I did this in the first place. I wrote those songs when I was in high school in the mid eighties, you know? So mm -hmm. I, you, you, you mentioned a company you kept during that time. I'm you know, you're kind of breaking up a little bit here. To that youthful, no, I was going to say that you mentioned the company you kept during that time. I mean, you either do two things. You either cower away from it or you embrace it and realize that, you know what, you've got to up your game every show. Are we having a little bit of... Yeah, your, 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 signal's, your signal's cutting out on us. I mean, the freeze frame right now, you're, it's very attractive. Mine is? Yeah. Well, not anymore. Now that I said that, back. <laughs> we missed we missed a good chunk. We missed a good chunk of the last thirty seconds, though. I think. Okay. Yeah. I mean, being I think that you said something. Either you you either joined or get the f out of the way, you know. And and uh, there was there was definitely a dividing of of scenes at that point. You know, the hair metal scene was getting big, and a lot of the the glam was coming in. And, and mm. we always went to thrash shows. Always went to the glam shows because uh, you know. It's, the girls were and you know i think that the, the glam guys came to the because the guitar players were really good or something like that so mm. it was a good good cross section and i i love your your parts and yeah, right? the whole the whole ideal behind uh murder in the front row the documentary when you guys explained the idea when hair metal was kind of infringing on what you guys are doing a little bit uh but you guys stayed the course and here we are like you say 40 years later and thrash metal's it's big. It's still real big. You got new bands coming up all the time. And then you guys resurging and, you know, Metallica, everyone's still cranking. Lamb of God, huge. Yeah, and hair metal yeah. is nowhere to be found except Rusty's <laughs> Billiards on a Wednesday night. Or Molly Crew. Or a Molly Crew stadium. show. Yeah, yeah. There are some outliers for yeah, sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so but, what, hey, hey, real quick, before you pass on to that, Justin, uh, and maybe I'll, maybe I'll just, I don't want to steer you a different direction, but so you're writing uh, these songs when you're, yeah, I know you're, fr you're freezing on us too. You're, I mean, the video doesn't really matter at this point because we're not live, but. Sorry, losing you. 
I'm going to do this. Are you trying again? I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll give it another girl. Yep. There <clears throat> we go. That's a badass picture. That is a badass picture. I'm gonna turn this off. I think you got I think you're logged into two accounts. Let me get rid of this one. And quit you. Should be gone now. All right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah, so better. far, so good. Yeah, the phone is better. It's just a phone. Um, all right. So you're so you write a, you wrote all these songs when you were you know you said you said it when you're 18 and there's that kind of that's what that happens when you're 18 right and there's that aggression. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about I was thinking about a uh, um, I was thinking about Metallica today, and actually like the latest record they did what a couple of years ago I really liked that record. I, there was some other stuff that they did I didn't really care for, not about them but just the vibe of like how do you. St- how do you still with aggressive music, where does the aggression come from at this point? Cause certainly there's not as much testosterone. Certainly you're not as angry if you were ever angry or at least channeling anger, aggression, whatever the feelings you were, how do you, where does that come from now? Where, where does your motivation come from to, to write aggressive music? Yeah, it's really weird because I was born into an upper middle-class house. You know, I'm, I'm born white. I'm born male i'm born in california i'm born to a middle class you know upper middle class now i have all these you know head starts in life and you know what can i possibly be that pissed off about and have to be you know yeah you know so where do you i think i'm drawn to the energy of it all and and i I don't know if it's the aggression but it is it is an energy uh reciprocation between the music and the crowd in that sense and you know, maybe uh, some sort of workout thing where you're trying to push yourself with difficulty of riffs and stuff too. But um, so I think that that's the sense. I mean, here I am, however many years later, 38 years later, still writing these, you know, these riffs. I don't listen to a lot of super heavy music. You know, there are bands that I like, but they're mostly the Seven Dust, the Shine Downs, the Non Points, you know, the Alter Bridges of of you know with melody and and uh singing and you know song structure in that sense so i think it is this is just kind of my way of getting out you know <laughs> yeah. the speed bag for you know yeah getting uh getting the energy out i don't think it's i don't think it's a negative energy i think it's just energy no i in it, general yeah i i agree we talk about this pretty regularly uh, on the podcast when i'm on it's like aggressive it's it sounds angry but it's not i mean nobody's nobody's really angry that's listening to it or making it right it yeah. just that's the that's the energy that you're talking about right um, well i think that there are people that <laughs> that that there is a lot of negative energy yeah. there is a lot of mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of that it's just not with me i don't have that i've been so i hate to use the word blessed because i'm so hashtag blessed bro you know and <laughs> but you know i have been i have been blessed in that sense hey man it's nothing like, to be hey. nothing to be ashamed of <laughs> when, you, when you own it when you own it there's no i mean like yeah, yeah. so yeah. i mean awesome awesome family and i was brought up in a great family and a great sense of loving and caring and empathy and you know i've i've got a family with you know four kids and four 
grandkids and, you know, an awesome community that I belong to and a set of friends. And so it's like, I, I'm just about good, positive energy. And, you know, I think that the, I think that the violence record is energy in that sense. And, you know, I, I can't say that the song, uh, all the content is positive. It's about, you know, there's a, Sean writes about a bunch of, you know, not, blaring social issues with this is wrong and this is right and blah 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 he tells stories and and has these colorful lyrics and you know he speaks in metaphors that i really dig and uh but you know i think you come to a violent show and it's all about to get get some energy and get some you know get it out yeah there's there's so many different trains of thought here we always meet these kids a lot of kids who are maybe young adults too they're very mellow well, well studied, well educated. They read. They're do. They're quietly living their lives. But when they come to metal, they're in the metal. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's that thing. It's like that's their that's their you know their other personality that comes out, and they enjoy that. I mean, I myself, I'm like you. I just kind of like you know, I'm a pretty mellow guy, but I love my metal. It's just that that's that energy. It's that positive energy you mentioned. And we were talking about tribal earlier. That's just us kind of channeling that thing from the yeah, sky, whatever sure. it may be. <laughs> but I also find it fun, and we see this all the time at thrash shows, metal shows, wherever there's pits or whatever you're doing, they're always looking out for one another. If someone falls, they get up. That's that camaraderie. Yeah, mm-hmm. It is. And, there is, there is yeah. that empathy and that caring about, you know, human spirit. And, you know, you don't want yeah. to it's, it's rare when you find somebody that's sad, you know, step on this guy's hand. He's in the pit or whatever, you know, it's, you know, you're bending over and picking him up. Yeah. And I think one other thing too, is you mentioned Sean's lyrics and violence itself and other bands you've played with. It's the, the material is heavy. It's a heavy concept behind the material. It needs kind of that propulsive soundtrack in order to push it to get, get through to people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a, mm. it's a blunt, it's a blunt, uh, style of music and that's the effect that it has to, to get across there's no filters with what we do i mean there's no not a lot of dynamics with what we do either so that's what i like with you know with all the things that i've been doing lately it's it's they've all been really different and uh it's really weird and, and gratifying that at 55 years old i'm hitting like i don't feel that i've hit my my musical zenith yet you know i feel like i'm still on this ascension and uh, with all these things that are happening and things that are all these avenues that are opening up to me, you know, uh, it's it's really fucking weird that uh, after all this time, I've had all these I've had like five musical lives, you know, the first violence life. And then I did a band called Torque after I got married. I quit music. I got back. I did another band with Technocracy. And then the violence reunion happened again. And, you know, then I joined Machine Head and had a 16 year career with Machine Head. Mm. You know, I get out of Machine Head. I'm, I'm in Slayer for a couple of weeks, you know, and fucking, uh, all these crazy things happen. I, I joined Nonpoint on a tour and, and all these legends are reaching out to, to jam and do songs and jam with the Lamb of God and, you know, Overkill and violence has another resurgence. It's just really unreal. Well, one of the things you mentioned was your Slayer and obviously the Lamb of God thing that we were witness to. And, um, and an overkill is like you're able to find a way to kind of just morph your way into what the <laughs> band's doing, and it's very seamless. And I'm like, does he already know these songs by heart going in, or how quickly did you have to basically get in there and just figure this stuff out? <laughs> well, the Slayer thing, you know, I I did a final tour with Machine Head. I quit the band in September, and there was already a tour on the books. David quit too, so we agreed to do this 
final awkward farewell tour. You know, we we got a divorce, but we're still going on a honeymoon type deal. You know, so mm, it's sure we have this we have this awkward last tour, and uh, after the last day, I get home and get a text from Carrie King. Hey, could you be on a plane and you know learn 19 Slayer songs? And we need you <laughs> the next day. It's not even 24 hours, and so I had I was that happened on a Sunday. On Monday, I was going to the Machine Head storage to grab all my gear you know i'm moving out it's divorce day you know so i'm gonna grab all my gear (laughs) on the monday so then on the tuesday tuesday morning i'm on a flight to germany you know listen i haven't even really listened to the slayer songs yet you know because i knew some of them but a lot of them i had so i'm like the whole uber ride out to the airport the whole flight to the airport i'm just mapping out these songs and listening over here and over here and like YouTubing and like, going, okay, I think this is what they're doing here. So I haven't even, you know, songs I'd never heard before. So I, I had a few days, I was ready in a few days to, uh, I land my guitars don't show up. So I'm like, oh, why would they? It sounds like a college kid cramming for his senior thesis and he's let it go all semester. And he's like, right. I got 48 hours to learn this shit. Oh my yeah. God. You know, my computer doesn't work. I don't. Yeah, you know what, surpri- what surprises oh, me? Another thing was when I got on, yeah. the, on the plane, I had the Spotify set list. You know, I got the set list, get up, get up in the air. It's like, of course, I didn't download it. So, you know, I have to get on the Wi Fi and have it downloaded to my yeah. fucking screen. It's like, ah. <laughs> What what surprises me though with that, and maybe there was a conversation about this, maybe there wasn't, because I think about those like in my mind, I'm going, okay, if I had to go out there and play a gig for somebody, and nobody's ever going to choose me to play, but if they did, I'd I, I the first thing I'd be like, send me send me the tracks, like send me because certainly everybody's running live, they're recording everything live these days. Well, these days, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, send, hey, Carrie, um, thanks for the 18 song update. <laughs> But why don't you send me the tracks of my parts so I don't have right. to guess? So I don't have to guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that was maybe a little advantageous, advantageous with the with the uh, with the timing of it all because I I don't know if I don't know I listen to you. Hindsight, Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. It's the manager in me. It's the manager in me. It's my bad. I, I get, I get it. So, but I mean, I was pretty confident in and what I was able to learn and the tabs that you kind of see. And you, I got on yeah. YouTube and I spent you know nights. The first night, actually, because Carrie had a drop. You're a guitar player, so you get this. So he had. Uh, there's three different tunings. Everything's a half step down standard, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, C sharp standard and then there's a drop b guitar and one song so i get there my guitars don't show up i'm hitting up you know johnny rock and roll and scotty and from anthrax hey you guys have any guitars mark mark and willie for hey you guys have any guitars that i could borrow tonight i've got a, a night to and they're all no sorry they're all in the truck so carries all i have one guitar that you can use and it's a fixed bridge and it's it's not a fixed bridge it's a truck a, a Kaler, and it's oh. the drop and it's the one it's the drop B guitar. It couldn't have been like, oh, there's no. 15 songs in this tuning. It's the guitar that is in one. <laughs> you need once. Yeah. I need, yeah. I need the guitar once, but it looks like I'm going to need it for everything. So what I'm doing that night is I have this B guitar and I'm transposing everything to, you know, from what I'm seeing from guys playing or listening. And so I'm transposing it on this drop B guitar to, you know, a half step down learning it and then having to go, you know, the three, the, no, that's a, that as a, as a half, half a guitar player that sounds fucking brutal. 
<laughs> like because there's right, no I have, because so people know yeah but there's right and I and you did but so people know the guitar playing it's there's so much muscle memory that goes into it so what Phil's saying for the people out there is that basically he's playing this instrument and he's looking at frets and understanding where he is where his hand is going but then when he gets the actual guitarist he's got to play his hands are not going to be in those positions anymore so it's like the muscle there it, it, you know there is no muscle memory so how well, long did, how long did you have the, how long did they give you when was the first gig so how long did you have to learn these songs so I landed on what would be Wednesday 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 night uh, the first show was gonna be Friday because I was gonna shadow Gary for a show so I had he was he ended up staying an extra show because there was a big show in Berlin that um, that he wanted to be a part of his father was at home. Uh, and he was in bad, it was, it was in a bad spot. Gary wanted to go home to say goodbye to his father. He knew he was going to pass. So, mm. um, so I ended up having like about three days of time to prepare. I was ready after two because I thought it was going to be two. It's just like, mm -hmm. all right, if I have to go up there now, I could, I could do it now. Now was all, and they were all, Hey, just stop, just stop on time and play in solo and key and it'll all be good. It's like, Oh, I could have done that on the plane. You know? <laughs> what key I'm is this in? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm trying to get all the mutes right and getting all, you know, I, I the, the, play. you're, you're focusing on nuance and they're like, Hey, yes. just, just shred when you're supposed to shred it. And but yeah. you're stepping in for, you know, not only, I mean, Jeff Hanneman's parts, but you're filling in for Gary Cole. It's real, dude. Is, yeah. He is yeah. the, the president of, you yeah. know, these, these all are a hero in the Bay Area for thrash, but in that sense. But I wanted to do him proud. I didn't want him to, like, hand the reins over to somebody who's just going to come in and hack it up. I wanted mm -hmm. to do him proud and do Slayer fans proud. So there isn't, you know there's going to be a drop off because it's Gary fucking old, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I didn't want it to be some noticeable fucking thing where people were bummed about. I wanted them to be okay with it. So, well, and if you ever wondered why you're able to keep getting gigs and people are calling you, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've had, better. I've had to hire and fire so many musicians over the years for clients of mine. And it's like the ones that stick around are the ones that pay attention. They show up, they give a shit. They're more yeah. over prepared. Like you were prepared on day two. Yeah. And then you're all yeah. of a sudden you're over prepared on day three. It's about being right. over prepared, you know? So and that's why people call you. And I yeah. found that with the, the Lamb of God guys too. When I came out for, for rehearsal with them is um, I tried not to bug them too much about parts because I wanted to be able to come in and just be, you know, and not like, Hey, could you send me, you know, not too much. I asked Willie for a couple of things just because I wasn't sure what harmonies he was doing. Mm -hmm. And, but I wanted to come in there and just like, you know, Hey, I didn't ask the teacher for help. I came in here and I aced the test, you know? Yeah. So yeah. after, I, I don't think John showed it the first day. So it was just me, uh, Art, the drummer and Mark at the first rehearsal. And I'm out there for like three or four days before the cruise. And, you know, day one, we're about three songs in and Mark's all, so, and if you know Mark, he's like, damn, man, we sound pretty good together, man. <laughs> you know, and he's all, I, I think we're good, man. I think we're going to be all right. You know, it's like, <laughs> my wife's at home with a, an eight month old baby. You know, it's like, if I'm out here for four days, man, I got to just, we're going to, we're going to rehearse. We're yeah. Fucking <laughs> Justify my, my need to be out here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out here working, baby. I'm out here working, you know? So but it was good. Uh, yeah. It was good to hear that from, from the guys that they felt, you know, that I, that I was overprepared or I was, you know, I, I did the respect that the, uh, the, that the job needed. I mean, Willie's an amazing guitar player. And again, I, you know, and he's special because he's, he's got a different style and I wanted, I wanted 
those parts to be, you know, up to what that standard would need to be. Yeah. One of the things you talk about diversifying what you've been doing. Uh, so the BPMD um, yeah. project, yeah, project with Portnoy and, and Bobby from Overkill and, and Mark from, uh, well, we know him from Metal Alliance. Um, 70s covers. Was it just one of those like, hey, guys, let's just get together, jam these out. We can nail it. In a, well, I'm not saying a day, but, you know, it it's not. Well, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, no, it was a day. Yeah, it was. I feel like an oracle. So what brought that upon? It's just like, hey, let's just do something fun and and, and, and just have a good time and, and show people another side of ourselves. Yeah, Mark Bingy, who uh, is the founder of the Metal Allegiance uh, thing, the band that they do, um, he hit me up one day and said, hey, you know, my son, we were just around the campfire and my son with uh, Saturday night, what's the Saturday night special? Mm-hmm. Scanner's song came on and uh, my son said, we should cover this, you know, and and he's always just got me to thinking we should just do, you know, all 70s American bands, you know, pick, get a couple of dudes together and he, he had Blitz and Portnoy on board and I always joke with him that, oh, I guess Skolnick or Andreas Kisser, you know, those guys weren't available. So I, you know, you went to the third <laughs> choice. He insists that was the first call, but, uh, but yeah, we all picked two songs. Everybody picked two songs that nobody could uh, vote against. It's just like, I yeah. could have picked whatever. I could have picked a 10 CC song, you know, <laughs> which would have been dynamite. By the way. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> hey, you just mentioned uh, Mr. Kisser. You, uh, I did not know this, man. I didn't know that you auditioned for Sepultura after Max had left. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I did. I did. It was uh, mid 90s. I was on the verge of, of quitting music, retiring. I was married at the time, doing a bunch of, you know, I, I was playing in three basketball city leagues. I was snowboarding. I was golfing. I was married, you know, had a great job. And the band I was, I had been in, it was just kind of not going anywhere. And, uh, so I took, I took a chance, Borovoy, uh, Kersian, who runs the Blabbermouth. He, uh, he worked at a label. I think it was Stitcher Media or something like that. He's like, ah, you should try out, you know, I'll get you, uh, they sent me out a tape of this music for a song called Choke that was on that, mm-hmm. that first record with Adam. And they said, and that's how they were trying people out. They were sending out the song and uh, saying, okay, just write, record over it. And uh, I did, I did, and submitted it. I think that Derek was already living in Brazil, and I think that they had already had him like in mm-hmm. mind, but they just kind of wanted to hear a couple things. So they said I was too old school, you know, whatever that means. And but it was fun to have. I think it's on. I think it's on YouTube somewhere. I need to put that thing up. Yeah, it'd be worth checking out. I mean, it's interesting too because Derek is the albums have been phenomenal when Derek came on. It they, they've been great. I mean, they're just yeah, yeah. another mm-hmm. form of Salvatore. But I'll tell you what, man. Having that extra guitar in there would have been tasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. That's what I was doing. That's what I was doing at the time was when violence broke up. I continued with the because Sean had quit. And so we just continued as torque with mm-hmm. me singing. And uh, you know, Machine Head had started, Rob had started Machine Head. So we had we were kind of down tuning like he did, and we were kind of doing the groove thing. we I worshiped Machine Head when he first started, you know. So yeah, we're kind of doing that thing and and it was fun to have a record with me singing on it. We put a, a record out. We did the Dynamo Festival overseas and had a pretty decent local following. But it was just, you know, the, the time on that had, had come. It was the mid-90s. It was a weird time for metal, you know. And Yeah. So, took a break for music for a couple of years. Is it so, daunting to get back into it? Like, when you, when you take a break like that, or you just kind of hit the ground running? Well, what happened was, and I just... 
I just, uh, the guy who brought me back was this, his name was Steve Machado and he just passed away. So I just told the story on my Facebook about, uh, how he, uh, had a pro tools rig and he was taking all these barrier bands and remixing their songs and singing over them. And, um, so I started writing riffs with him and it turned into original music. He, he, he kind of sounded like Maynard from Tool, like the early Tool, like Opiate and Undertow Maynard. And so we wrote some songs that were kind of Fear Factory meets Tool, you know, really good melodic stuff. And um, it was good original stuff. We did a record and again, had a great local following. And um, then the violence thing came along and we got back together, did a reunion. Then Machine Head came along. So it kind of took me in that sense. But that was the catalyst to get me back in. So it was, it was, it was a fun thing. I was playing with my friends, you know, we taught my friend Brian Snyder to play the keyboards and run the sequencer, you know, it was, it was, it was the first time in a long time I had fun creating music with close friends. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's what brought me back. Yeah. Before that, we, we, you touched on a couple of things that were pretty interesting. It sounds like you had a pretty fulfilled life going on, right? You, like you said, yeah. you said you were married, you were snowboarding, you were bat. What the hell is a, what, what are you talking about basketball league? What, what are we doing here? What, what's happening? Uh, three on three on three, uh, three on three basketball. I played, I play, you know, I'm, I'm six, two, almost six, two. And, but I was able to work my way into a six feet and under league. Oh, uh-huh, you dominated. <laughs> so, so I was one of the taller guys. Would you wear Chuck was, Taylors? You know? Yeah, but I, you, know, yeah, you were like you were, you were like Fletch. You were five ten, six six two with the afro. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and there were other guys. I, I, they just kind of like as long as you're not like six four, you know, you're you're not yeah. six four and just like because I could jump. It wasn't like I was just you know. Uh, but playing, but I played a five on five league too. And there was, uh, what I'd go do those, you know, that hoop it up tournaments and stuff like that. We do yeah. the three on three tournaments. And so that was back in the mid nineties when I was in far better shape. What, what, uh, what I have a, I have a question about shape, by the way, but at some point we'll get to that. But what was the, what was the good job you had when you said I had a good job? What was that? I was, uh, I, I still am a member of the, uh, carpenters union. Oh, okay. But, that um, is a good job. Yeah. I, uh, but I was uh, a finished carpenter, but uh, you know, basically a door, me- door mechanic. So I was, you know, installing doors is the gravy. It's finished work. So it's mm-hmm. not like I'm out there, you know, rolling joists and, and swinging a hammer. It's, it's finished work. You're indoors and worked for a good company. And, you know, it was, I was pretty sad that, you know, I was working on the marriage that, you know, would soon end. That's why I joined Machine Head. But, you know, it was, it was, I was content in that sense. I loved going golfing. I discovered snowboarding in the El Nino year. And so I was loving all that. Bought a house and didn't really need the music. I felt like I had done, you know, I put a record out when I was 21. It charted on Billboard and I, I felt pretty content with, I was going to be okay if nothing else happened. Such a healthy, healthy attitude uh, about that. But I'll tell you what, you came back and uh, musicians always hope to be part of at least one project or one album that just defies kind of defines at least the genre or whatever. But when you guys put out the blackening as machine head yeah. in 2007, that was one of those, like, it's like Sepultura put out roots and the yeah. corn self self-titled. And you can even, I'll even say it. It's, it was kind of like that year's rain and blood as yeah. far as like changing how the, the parameters of the, of the thing of the, mm-hmm. of the genre. Um, and they, even on to, onto locusts a few years later. Mm-hmm. 
What was yeah, it like was, when you got the rece- when the reception for that record, The Blackening, came out? What was that like? The comeback after taking time off and going, "Yep, well worth it." Yeah, it was. You know, after we did Ashes, was the first record that I joined. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was probably maybe Machine Head's lowest point after was just like, "Fuck," you know. We weren't drawing that well in the states, uh, tour wise. We weren't, you know, selling out small places, and it was a weird, it was a weird thing. We had a meeting to where it's just like, you know, Rob was pretty, you know, like fuck. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have a plan B. This is what I. We need to figure out what the fuck we're doing here, you know. And and uh, I had written a little bit for the album that I joined on that was pretty much written when I joined, I contributed a little bit, but when the blackening came, it was my first record fully involved from the outset. So there was a lot of material that I submitted, uh, that was used. I was the catalyst for, you know, a bunch of the songs on there, wrote a bunch of lyrics too. So it's, it felt like we were on all the cylinders that, that record, the, you know, the locust record, just writing wise, we were just, together it was really symbiotic in the sense where we knew our roles and we were happy where we were at and everything kind of fit together and you know was involved in a lot of the lyric writing you know coming down and and just throwing phrases and you know rhymes with blah 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 three syllables with this and you know it's just we just (laughs) we had a really good working relationship in that sense and so and it shows those are you know two amazing records i love all the records you know okay wait Uh, I, love, I don't want to I use love, the word all love, I love, you know i'm proud of, of the blackening locust bloodstone you know when, when jared came on board for bloodstone mm-hmm. was you know those were those were awesome writing times and good times you know catharsis record uh it was a different time we were we were splintering in different directions or maybe i was splintering off and and just wasn't part of that, you know. Th- those those tumblers weren't falling into the same places anymore. But that those three three records were really magical and and felt really part of something really special and and writing and creating and and just forging this incredible live band that you know that nobody wanted opening for them at all. You know, it's funny you, know, you mention that. Uh- uh, Phil, you mentioned uh, trouble filling uh, rooms at, at a certain point, and we've had this discussion with Mark from Alter Bridge, and then the guys from Blackstone. How you guys transferred over to UK and are doing Wembley? Yeah, right. And we're like, yeah, where crazy. the hell is the disconnect between U.S. audiences and the English audiences and in your European audiences at that point? I'm always wondering what's the slight variation yeah, it's that's pretty not crazy let I, allow, I, I, you know. I don't know there is a stigma and and maybe it's a press thing maybe the american press was you know i remember revolver shitting all over the blackening and, and the ashes you know and it's just where people get their information you know i think that now that the the internet has opened up a lot of that mm-hmm. people can get they're not limited to the resources of their you know their metal news or who's telling them what's cool and what's not since but you know we we did one we toured for i think over three years on the blackening i did we did some ridiculous amount of number of shows and we only did i think one headlining tour in the states so we supported slipknot for a year we slipped we we uh supported lamb of god we supported metallica for a year you know we're, we're supporting all the biggest bands in the in the in the world and even slipknot guys and those guys don't have to fear anybody they're like yeah man you know 
we got you guys opening for us. We know we got to bring our A game. It's like fucking Slipknot. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, you yeah. know, hearing it from them was a was a, a pretty good compliment. Yeah, it's it's funny you mentioned like Revolver saying that and then Metal Metal Hammer awards you guys album of the year. So go figure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, Metal Hammer gave The Blackening like the, the album of the decade. It was yeah. the album of the decade. Yeah. So it's there was a lot of, you know, a lot of that, you know, got nominated for a Grammy and it was the blackening cycle was something really magical. And, and yeah, it's, it's one of those records that everybody wants to be a part of. And, you know, so I'm really proud of, of being whatever my part in that record was. Yeah. Uh, Justin, that's a, w- listen, I don't want to put any pressure on anybody, but we are currently live on the, on the internet. Oh yeah. Hi guys out there in Facebook land. I mean, Welcome and- this changes Everything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, hey. if you're just joining us right now, obviously, you guys, we're talking with Phil from uh, Wolf. Everybody. All, everyone. <laughs> Phil in the gap. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of you, guys, a lot gap. of you folks probably know, you probably know him from his long tenure with Machine Head. If you, if you, obviously, if you're on the cruise, you saw him with Lamb of God. He's played with Slayer. He's played with, well, he's on the road right now with Overkill. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's... He's doing it all. So thank you for joining us. If you have questions, please throw those down the thread. One of them, um, well, you know, this one of our ship rockers, Sophia, wanted to know, and I think we kind of answered that, but we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and talk about it again. Is Phil, if you weren't a musician, what career do you would you want to be in? What I want to be in? Would you um, would you, what would you like if you weren't a musician, if you weren't a top-notch musician, what would you want to be doing? If I could pick anything, it would be professional sports. I would be a professional golfer. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Me and the wife actually we own a uh, we own a bar at home. So being, you know, business owners is is pretty. You know, I've got the best of both worlds. You know, I've got you know people are always going to drink. And until COVID mm-hmm. hit, we we just thought nothing could shut us down. What you know, nothing. Then oh yeah, well I guess that can shut us down. <laughs> well, good thing is COVID made a lot of people drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Any so relief? Yeah. We're back to normal now. What's your, I saw uh, you when you were bringing up the fact that you know oh, it fills in for both. Uh, somebody somebody tweeted something like that. You know, uh, Phil Dumble is the you know guitarist for heavy metal. You know, he people fill in for him or something like that. I'm gonna oh like a like, like a like a Chuck no, like a Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris thing. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so Phil, what's uh, as being a golfer myself? What's your handicap? I'm currently at thirteen point seven right now. Fantastic! You taking people for a few bucks here and there? I uh, no, not really. You know, because I don't play the <laughs> high stakes games. It's hard enough. You know, the two things that I don't do. One thing that I never do when I golf is drink, because it's mm-hmm. fucking hard. It's hard enough. You know, it's hard yeah. enough to golf. But the second, the second thing is I don't bet too much. You know, that don't get too crazy. People want to yeah. play skins or play for dots and stuff like that. I'll just okay. Just tell me what I owe at the end of it. You know. Right. <laughs> What uh, in your game? I, 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 I'm gonna sorry, ship rockers. I got to know this. In your game, what's the one area you like to work on? Well, I always, you know, everybody wants to drive. Yeah, everybody works on that driver forever. But the one thing that I should work on is that that under hundred shot. You know, the eighty yards and under. 80, yeah, your short game. Yards, yeah, the yeah. short game. Those little, you know, those little fifty six, fifty six wedge shots, the sixty wedge shots from thirty yards out. You know. Short games yeah. where that's where you score. Well, you know, they drive for show, putt for dough. So, I know it. you know, I, I got pretty <laughs> proficient with like the eight, nine iron sand wedge, and I would just play to I would just hit the ball to 100 yards because at least 
I knew what I was doing at like a hundred to 120. I knew what I was doing. Of course you get to 60, 40, 60, forget it, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm blading that thing over the green. Oh, it's hard, man. It's so fucking hard. It's such a hard that, game. You're, Al, you had like the tin cup. You're just playing the seven iron. Cause you broke every that's other club right. bag. <laughs> that's right, man. Hey, listen, yeah. and I don't, Phil, you probably done this, but there's those little municipal courses, right? You probably got those like the yeah, par three, yeah, the par threes. Uh-huh. There's one in Nashville called the Vinny links. I don't even know if it's there anymore. And I don't know why I'm waving, but apparently. Well, when I talk about golf, this hand just inadvertently moves. You're notifying everyone that you just uh, you just hooked it. So are you sliced? Right. Going right, sliced going right. It. Oh. But but I would go out there after work, and I would take a putter and a sandwich, and it was like the longest hole was like I don't know 200 yards, which was perfect for me. And then everything else was just a half a wedge. Then those are, man, I I would do that. Especially like I can't golf much because it hurts my body. But I, right, I mean, right, if right. that was around the corner, I would be there three days a week, man, just chipping and putting and chipping and putting. It's great. Hey, can we also mention that uh, Sophia, who asked the question, uh, <laughs> believe it or not, she lives in Augusta. Oh, oh my God. Here we <laughs> got, uh, thanks for the story. thanks for the invite. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll happily hey. trade. We'll happily trade you a cabin on Shiprock for a uh, experience at Augusta. <laughs> yeah, right. is that it? That's all you're gonna that's, throw in. That's uh, yeah, maybe we you know, no one ever utilizes. Did we have a driving range on this last one? We usually have one that knock the balls into the water. I don't know how. Uh, no, you didn't have it. I would have been there. You didn't. You didn't. It didn't help. Hit didn't hit up the putting green, huh? No, we. I don't <laughs> think we had. Yeah. Well, they, they do. They got the putt putt goers, but those. Yeah. Whatever. There we go. Yeah. So, um. One of the things we like, obviously, we want to talk about your Shiprock experience real quick. We, we, folks, earlier, make sure and check out the full podcast. Um, the whole, the full hour we drop it this Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern time on, uh, well, wherever you get your, your podcast, any platform, and also the Ask for YouTube channel where you can actually watch this, uh, in 2D. That's why I dressed, that's why I dressed appropriately. That's right. That's right. But, uh, you find out, uh, find out Phil's, uh, Feelings and thoughts on the on what we call the rain show. You guys were there. You know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, it's a real special experience for not only us and you guys, but also him. So it was it's really good to hear about that. But we also noticed, and I almost forgot with everything else going on, that you went out there and jammed with Nonpoint for a bullet with a name. I did. I did. Yeah, yeah this, man. Uh, we um, every we did a tour with them in 2008. Uh, it was Barrier Dead, Nonpoint, us, and hell yeah. So we, I got to know them and I love the band since the, you know, since Alive and Kicking and, you know, uh, and what a day days from, you know, early 2000s, I think so. And so I was stoked to be able to tour with them, kept in touch with them. And, and every time they kind of roll through, I'd get up and jam a song with them. So, uh, they said, yeah, we're going to be, you know, we'll be on the boat, get up and do, you know, and I had filled in with them for, cause BC had left the tour, in 2019 so i got up and and i filled in for non-point you know on a, on a couple of days with with pod so knowing the tunes and uh so yeah I, elias forgot to like say to mention oh yeah hey there's somebody up here jamming so it just like like some random guys up there just fucking playing with them now so <laughs> oh, is this i kind of right. yeah. I, I felt i felt <laughs> silly in that sense but yeah, love those guys yeah the uh the um the the feeling there is uh is someone saying hey um come on up here it's like and we know by by just talking to you phil that the the announce and the announcing your presence is very important to you you made that abundantly clear on the podcast <laughs> oh, what the 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You just—it's all so down to earth. You said like six times, "Hey, man, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. Just a, with just a, a guy with a guitar." And then the guy's like, "Yeah, he forgot to announce me." And then, uh, then you, what? You can't even like say who I am. Or can't you just say, "Here's a guy"? I mean, I admitted that I'm just a guy. Yeah. Touche. No. <laughs> hey, uh, jo- Josh. Josh, one of our sharebuckers. I'm just going to address this, Josh. Yes, we would love. Uh, that's the discussion to have, but we would love to have Phil come on as a stowaway and bring the family. I think that would be awesome. yes. what a great vacation. Yeah. Make, what a great vacation that, that would happen. be. Got to make that happen. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. Who, who did I no talk doubt. to? I talked to, to one of the guys about that. So, yeah, we'll make that happen. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Yeah. So there you go, Josh. Know, Way to I get the catalyst. I I learned 18 in, in a matter of two days. So I, I, I got a few. Yeah. These guys, went, uh, I'll jam, you know, I'm, uh, uh, sound check and overkill and I'll, I'll just get up and I'll, I'll blaze through Panama or I go through Red Barchetta or I just, you know, blaze through all these covers and then me and Jason Bittner will kind of blaze into things and it's, it's, they're, they're pretty, they love the fact that it's just like, yeah, let's just jam on whatever, you know, yeah. jam on some Sabbaths. So, yeah. Is there, uh, have we gone, have we jammed on any 10 CC? Because that feels like that's a, that's a, uh, that's going to be a stowaways. Uh, I, I mean, that's the idea. I, I, is there even a guitar in that band though? You know, know. I'm not in love. So Godly and Cream. Uh, that's I don't even. Who would? Do you know? Be something. So, so listen, it's listen, like a twelve-string, probably a twelve-string acoustic, maybe. Do you guys know where they got their name? Uh, uh yeah, no, no, isn't it? No, Steely Dan was the the sexual device for uh, what's his name? Uh, no, what's Ten CC from? Yeah, Ten CC is the average amount of male ejaculate. Oh wow! <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I, I've always once I found that out, I was like, "Oh my god!" I, I've like, there's so much more respect for Tim CZ right now. It's so good. Now let's talk about a cubic centimeter because <laughs> I don't know how that that's Spanish. So what would that what would the equivalent be in fluid ounces? I don't know, man. <laughs> Damn it. Hey, I hope someone at Brazers is listening to this because now they just got a new title for their next release. <laughs> I don't even know what Brazers is. What are you even talking eh, about? What? 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 Yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh my God, my light. There, that's, that's worse. Uh, yeah, 10 CC. We're going to jam some 10 CC on, on the stowaways. What's another 10 CC song other than I'm Not in Love? I know they had another hit. That uh, the Things We Do for Love. Right, right, right. right. Oh. You feel you're one of those guys where you're like, I don't know if I know any of their songs, and then he sings like every sings every word. I think that would really really work as a barbershop kind of thing. She wants to break up literally every word. God, he's even all right. I know that. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that band, they're actually if you got some songs that are somewhat rocking. Yeah, okay. you know their their earlier days, but it wasn't the radio fodder. But it was like the definitely the deep cuts. All right, <laughs> there we go. Deep cuts, ten cc deep cuts. Deep cuts. <laughs> you want to put an audience to sleep? There you go. <laughs> All right, stowaways uh, challenge number one. <laughs> That's right. Deep cuts. And, and there's no reason. There's no reason we can't rock it up. You know, if there's not a guitar oh, on, it, we'll yeah. put one on there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey guys, if you got any questions, we got a few minutes left with Phil. If you got another question for him, please by all means or suggestion. We always like those too, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, Phil, you're going to do this run with Overkill. Then, what's what's your agenda in the rest of 2022 if you can go that far? 
Hey, um, we've got some violence. The violence record just came out. Let the World Burn out on Metal Blade Records. Uh, so we're going to do, um, look at a book at a home show. We're going to do a Midwest tour with this band from Switzerland called Corner. And, uh, oh, yeah. God, they're still and, around. Holy shit. Yeah, crazy, right? So listen mm. to the other band that's going to be on these shows. Exciter from Canada yep. is going to be opening some shows. One of my favorites from like 1983. Exciter. So. Yeah, it's the oh. old guy, the old guy tour. Bring your walker tour. <laughs> Why not? And uh, so, yeah, some violent shows. Um, anything else I can talk about? Mm, nope. Oh, oh I love <laughs> that. See, I love that. There's stuff he's yeah. got on the agenda, guys. You can't talk There's about. So keep you keep lot. your ears peel. You will, you, oh, can't even yeah, speak whatever anymore. you whatever you peel. Your peers, your peers. Keep my keep your peers ears peeled. your ears peeled. <laughs> yeah. So, so, damn it. So you're 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 present. You're sitting right now in uh, Silver Springs, Maryland. Is this correct? Yes, I am. I am. We're on in. Let's see what time it is. We're on in an hour. Who's rounding out the bill? It's uh, Overkill Prong. Oh, that's right. Oof. Yeah. And uh, this band, they're from North Carolina called Cult is Black. Cult? So, yeah. Okay. Cult is Look, Black? Cultist. Like, Cultist Black. C-U-L-T-U-S. Cultist. Yeah. It sounds like a Harry Potter bad guy. Cult is Black. <laughs> it, <does. laughs> it was like, yeah, serious Black. Cult is Black. Um, hey, uh, Al, yeah, do go, you want to do? Do you want to do a little walk the plank? I do. I would the, love Mr. to walk Demo? the plank. Well, I would love to walk the plank. This is self-explanatory. Right. Um, do you any? Do you possess any of the qualities of your astrological sign? Absolutely. Okay. So, so what is your astrological sign? Aries. Um, this is a question that I, I don't know any. I don't know any of the signs. So, what are those qualities? And then, and then, tell us about how that lines up with your with your life. Uh, pretty headstrong and stubborn. See, I don't, uh, get the, I don't get that vibe. We've been talking for an hour. I don't get. I don't feel that. I generally don't. I like, that's, that's surprising. If my if my wife was here, let's say strong willed. Okay. Um, but kind of set in. You know what? Being with my present wife for the past twelve years. Uh, she's changed me a lot in that sense. So I, you know, when I, as I'm saying these things, it's like, maybe I guess not. I'm not, I guess I'm not, <laughs> I'm pretty, I, I'm, I'm pretty quick to, to, uh, be culpable and admit, you know, um, I don't have to have my way. Yeah. Because she's really cured me of that and really kind of showed me, you know, to be more malleable and accepting it. So and that and that comes with and that you know it's like that comes with marriage and and maturity right yeah yeah you know? she's had me grow up for sure yeah so <laughs> so we'll go over this i i pulled up a couple things uh no nonsense attitude i think that's okay. completely accurate aggressive right. and feisty <laughs> romantic okay. just 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 add jack daniels okay <laughs> <laughs> not on the not on the golf course on we on have course. enthusiastic yeah Slightly childlike. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, I'm turning 55 in a couple of weeks, so I, I definitely don't act my age. 
And, and well, then welcome the, to the club. Oh, you yeah, too, Justin, boy. right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And now here's, uh, and here's the one. Uh, the last one on this <laughs> list is make sure to take care of own needs first. <laughs> that's where your wife would be like, yeah, that's, him. that's, that's uh, definitely him. That's definitely not me as far as she can say. That's me. Yeah. Uh, and then the negative part of the air is impatient. Yes. Impetuous. What? What's the next one? Com- impetuous. <laughs> Impetuous, impetuous, impetuous. They're all no (laughs) impulsive, stubborn, yes, reckless, restless. I used to be pretty reckless, yeah. Jealous, I can be. Man, this is working out pretty well. You know yourself, that's good. I mean, I don't, yeah, I mean, I can. What human is going to say that they haven't felt that? Of course, I, I yeah. Don't think, of course. I, I don't think that I'm jealous by nature or like an overly jealous. I have felt that emotion before, you know, but yeah, I think the world in general, I think that's one of the biggest things in the world right now is there is the FOMO. There's absolute jealousy and envy of the yeah. world. And the social media doesn't help that, right? There's a, the people yeah. see that there's another somebody like their neighbors are on vacation. And they're like, oh, they're on, they're doing that and we're not. And then that that can create some some anger in, in yeah. people. And it turns pretty ugly, you know. Yes. Everyone's capable of that. Yeah. Aries is Aries are not, right? <laughs> Justin, go. Uh, Phil, I have a, a well, a less stringent question. I said, what's your favorite quotation and and who's it by? My favorite quotations, um, you know, my dad would have, he'd have this on his desk and it's, <laughs> and it's by, it's by Eleanor Roosevelt and it's no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So it's always stuck. You know, I'm sure I can think of a better one or whatever, but that one is always, you know, just, no, it can make you feel shitty without you giving them the okay. <laughs> right. You know what? That's that. That's it. actually everyone should check out some of Eleanor's quotes. She has like the books of the damn things. Amazing, amazing yes. woman. Amazing woman. So, if anything you learned tonight, that you should go out and pick up some Eleanor Roosevelt books, and also that ten cc is well. You guys can look up. Yeah, what 10CC yeah. You looked that, that up. Really, you looked that up. Anyway, I'm done. I'm, done. I'm not gonna. <laughs> Phil, thank you so much, man. We've had you for an hour. We couldn't have had a better time and we really do appreciate your time. We know you got to be on stage in less than an hour yeah, here. And we want to thank everyone voice. out there. We want to thank everyone who, who watched this tonight. Again, this drops fully on Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, if you guys want to go check out the new violence album, it's uh, what was it? Let the world burn. Let the world is? burn. Mm-hmm. There you go. Let, the world, let burn. the world burn. Justin and Justin okay. for all. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Justin, I'm going to make that t-shirt. Uh, you guys cue that record up. You can walk through walls when you listen to it. So, Everyone, thank you so much for being out there. Uh, Al, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, uh, always. Chad, we'll see you in two weeks when we do our next one. will be in two weeks, guys. Also, thank Jen for being our great engineer and Heather for Woo! being a wonderful show coordinator. And, of course, the captain, Alan. Anyway, Phil, thanks, brother. Best to you. Thanks, man. Awesome. I'm right. with you guys. I'll see awesome. you again next break year. A, break a leg sure. tonight, man. Have fun. Yes, hey, next year for sure. All yeah. Right. We'll, All right. we'll, talk, we'll talk for sure. Thank you, everyone. See you, guys. Do see you, buddy. All right, bye.
Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard.